Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are taking time out of your life be with us hopefully it's a useful time we do our best to make sure you'll learn something about your finances that can maybe help you that's our hope that is our hope that's why i've been doing this for 28 years on the air yes yeah podcast now still on the air but a lot more podcast listeners than terrestrial radio Uh, yeah terrestrial radio is dying by the way (laughs) As is and AM radio, Luke Carr, some are not even included anymore. Yeah, uh, I had read an article about because of the of electric vehicles, um, just because of how the AM signal. I'm not a radio technologist in any way, shape, or form, but on many electric cars, the AM signal comes in staticky, so they've been just leaving them out. So, but we're here. We're here to answer your questions. If you have got a Question for us, you're welcome to give us a call at 833-99-WORTH, 833-999-6784. And what happens is you call in and we always schedule a time for us to talk and you can get your um, answers to your questions. So So I I want to talk a little bit about Social Security because if you've been listening to this program for any length of time, you'll know that we, as a general rule, will state if if you're going to be reliant upon Social Security for your retirement income or some significant portion of your retirement income, delay as long as possible. And for some people, wait till age 70. Which Work mean, until age 70. Which means you don't have other forms of income such as a 401k or, not or a pension or an IRA or not enough. Or not enough. And like you're going to be dependent upon, you need that Social Security income. But then on the flip side, say for those that have done a great job saving, that Social Security is going to be nice to have, but not nece- not necessarily needed in retirement. Take it as early as you can. So if you if you retire before age sixty two, take it at sixty two. Keep working, take it as soon as you're fully re- re- sixty age sixty six ish, or as soon as you retire. Yeah. So there was just this week and a half ago. This there was an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal. For, um, Mr. Biggs, I don't say his first name. Mr. Biggs. Okay. A senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. He's also been nominated to serve on the Social Security Advisory Board. And he says, and this, lawmakers might consider a simple but meaningful start to deal with Social Security, capping the maximum retirement benefit. He starts basically. A cap would put a dent in our funding gap. Uh, of more than $20 trillion. It sent a message that government benefits to high-income retirees can't be unlimited. It says it's all, often described as a safety net against poverty and old age. But if every senior simply received a benefit equal to the 2022 poverty threshold, which is $14,000 for a retiree and $17,500 for a couple, Social Security's $1.3 trillion annual cost for 2023 would be cut nearly in half. That makes sense. Right. So he's making the argument this is designed as a safety net program. We're paying out all kinds of dollars. 
but he says it's been become much more. The average new retiree in 2021 received an annual benefit of 21,000, which is 1.5. And by the way, I have no problem with people receiving these dollars. They've contributed to them. They paid in. They paid in. And if you're making $100,000 a year, you pay twice as much in as a person making $50,000. But don't receive twice as much. You don't receive twice because it's already quite a bit skewed um, toward lower people. But it says uh, the highest earning Americans who take their benefit at age 67, the maximum this year is $42,000 in Social Security. You see a lot of those. Yeah. So maximum, uh, that's the maximum benefit. So... He, his argument is that we freeze the maximum benefit. Which means he no. said in the year 2000, the maximum benefit uh, was $28,000. He says because of inflation, it's, it's, it's 42000 and it's going to rise to about 50000 by, 20, uh, by 2035. That's when this, and then it's going to keep going up and up and up. So no cost of living increases for the, max, actually, for the maximum benefit. For the maximum benefit. His argument is for a high-income retiree, 42000 should be more than enough to get by in most parts of the country. That's why maximum Social Security benefits should be capped. Well, Scott, when we first started in the industry with 30-some-odd years ago, Social Security was not taxed at that point in time. And then they started taxing incomes of... Uh, Joint incomes of over $32,000. If you receive Social Security, they started taxing 50% of that Social Security benefit as income. Up until that point in time, Social Security had never been taxed. It was a tax-free benefit. So they go, hey, these people probably don't need it, 32000 Whatever the number is. Whatever the number is, we're going to start taxing it, which is a form of actually just taking some of that benefit away. Give out a government benefit, and then you tax it, and it goes back to the government. Different pot, but nonetheless, it right. goes back to the government. A few years later, they moved those numbers even higher, which is they started taxing 85% of Social Security benefits. Not an 85% tax, but 85% of the benefit was included. So of $10,000 of, $10, of Social Security income, 8500 has to be included in your income tax. On incomes of over $44,000 for a couple. Yeah. Th- that, that's means testing. That is means testing. You can call it whatever you want, but it is, um, it's progressive tax. And the next step is to start limiting the amount of income that can go to Social Security, which is why we have been saying not this year or last year or the last five years, for 15 years, that if you think that that's going to happen in your lifetime, that they're going to start limiting the amount of Social Security benefit that you're going to receive based on your income. That's why you should take it as soon as it makes sense economically for you to take it, which for people that are not working, it's their full retirement age yeah. or, or, or when they retire at age 62 or for people that are working, it's a full retirement yeah. age. And the argument that I've always heard as well, if you wait, you're going to get more dollars. That's based on an assumption that that check is going to continue until the day you die with no reduction. Well, we already know that when the Social Security Trust Fund becomes insolvent in 2035, 2034, 2032, like there's different years, but it's around that time. There's an, if with no other changes, there's an across the board 
uh, roughly 20% reduction on benefits. It, it will never happen. So it'll never happen. But where's the money going to come from? Well, it will never be across the board. That's exactly right. It will never be across the board. They're not going to take it away from the person in poverty at $14,000 a year. No, but the person that $100,000 a year. And so I, I, listen, last time we talked about this, we received um, a couple notes from people that are like, you know, why can't you guys just, why don't people just pay their fair share, right? Why, why they've got enough money. Why? What? I'm just telling you the, the notes. In fact, I've read them on um, the Apple reviews where people write reviews. Is they, like Don't read the these, negative reviews. <laughs> okay, I'm going to. <laughs> I don't read the negative reviews. I know. Um, but the point being is our job for our clients is to say this is the things that are out there in the environment that you should well, be look, aware of. Any, look, any income stream, if you were to make uh, have to make a decision on when to start some income stream, one of the things you would do is what you'd look at what's the likelihood of that income stream happening in the future. If you were thinking about buying a bond from a corporation, what's the likelihood that that company is going to be able to pay me in year 20 and 21 and 22? If you were buying a municipal bond, is that municipality, municipality, that water district, school district, airport? Are they going to be able to continue to fund this? Like, is there any chance of some reduction in the future? And the same thing needs to happen when it comes to your Social Security planning. Fair enough. And I think you'll my my bet is you'll see more and more of this sort of thing. Th that's the easiest first step. This, I, actually, and I hadn't thought about that before. Just simply cap the maximum benefit today. So it doesn't adjust to inflation ever again. Yeah, because without it, so the maximum uh, maximum amount today is forty two thousand. That's someone who waited. Uh, that's someone age sixty seven. By age by twenty thirty five, that that is just based upon inflation, it's going to go to about fifty thousand dollars. So the simplest thing to do, yeah, the thing that's that the most, the thing that will actually cause um, the least amount of uproar. Because it happens slowly. You don't see that. Yeah. As my you grandfather also, you said. Can also cap, you can also re uh, eliminate cost of living increases on Social Security checks to a certain amount. Like there'll be cost yes. of living ad adjustments if it's under 20000 a year, but not if it's more or whatever. Or or half a cost of living increase. Anyway. Yeah. Well, something's going to well, happen. We got that going for us. Something's going to happen. Got that going for us. Let's, uh, let, we better take some calls here. Uh, if you want to be part of the program, 833-99-WORTH is our number. We are in Pennsylvania talking with Jim. Jim, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Oh, hi, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Jim. Y you've got so, the floor. Okay. I My question is, should I convert my traditional IRA into a Roth. Um, and like I said earlier, I put the cart before the horse by retiring last month and planning now. Oh, well, that, that may or may not have helped you. How old are you? I'll be 62 next month. And how much money is in your IRAs? The IRA has about 600,000. And what income do you have coming in in retirement? I have about 25000 coming in from a, uh, a brokerage account 
I have about 600000 in that brokerage account, and it's all tied up in bonds, uh, T-bills, that uh, they will mature every month for the next six months. And then what I would do is I would take I would take the um, the interest that comes from February February's T bill and just buy a new one for uh, August. You're just rolling just as long as everything, huh? You're just rolling treasuries. Yeah, I mean, as long as they stay above four percent, that's all I need. And what other income do you have coming in other than this brokerage account? Have you started Social Security? No, that's my second question. I have a rental property that throws off about $15,000 a year. I guess you could say. It, what's, it, what's it do for taxable from a tax standpoint through depreciation? Is it, is it, I'm sure it's not 15,000, something less than that. You have to report, you know? Oh yeah. Less than that. With depreciation and expenses and everything. And what, what are you living on then? How is the $600,000 IRA invested? It's all tied up in uh, Berkshire. All of it. So all of it. You, I'm sorry not to laugh. You've got uh, 100% of your retirement uh, IRA with Berkshire Hathaway, and then you, then the rest of your dollars, 100% of it is in treasuries. That's it. That's like the like. You're like, okay, either I'm going to drive three no miles risk. an hour yeah, that's right, or, or 85 miles an hour, <laughs> right. 90 miles an hour. But there will be no 55. I cannot drive 55. There's no, there's not, there's nothing in, this is what we would like to call a barbell investment strategy. You've gone from zero risk to an unbelievable amount of risk. Um, I, 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 I will answer your question, but. And Berkshire is probably less so than other types of companies just because it's. You felt the same holding company. It is kind of, it acts like a giant mutual fund, but you think that the day Warren Buffett passes away, that thing isn't going to take a hit. Answer me that. Well, depends depends how he dies. Yeah. Well, it also depends how he trained the guys he's been training for 40 years. Yes. But, but there is, he has a mystique around him. Certainly does. Um, Well, yeah, we can. So your question, we're going to answer your question. You probably don't want to hear about our investment advice because you've heard a lot, and this is the strategy you've chosen. Um, on your, it absolutely makes sense for you to do some Roth conversions. Why? Why wouldn't he just start spending money out of the IRA and taking less out of the brokerage? Yeah, because it's essentially he can. It's a way to convert some money in the brokerage account into a Roth. That I'm with you there, and use no, up no, some no. of the, the money. The You've got to pay the money on the. You've got to pay the money on the tax on the conversion from the IRA to the Roth IRA. Where's that money going to come from to pay the tax? The brokerage account. Out of my checking account. How much do you have in checking? I just sold three houses, so I have a hundred grand I kept aside for. uh, Probably have to write a fifty thousand dollar check this year, you know, in tax time, and then I'll have. Fifty laying there. I which which taxable it. year did you sell the rental properties? Twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three? Twenty twenty two. Okay. February of twenty twenty two. You should you should be converting some money to a Roth IRA. Yeah, you're gonna have to run the numbers. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't tell you how much uh, to be converting, but you should absolutely be converting some money into the Roth IRA. Well, it was my plan to. Do a hundred thousand a year for three years before the uh, the Trump tax breaks expire. Are you married good- or single? Married. 
That doesn't sound right. Okay. Sounds, sounds a little much to me. Uh, well, it's got no taxable income right now. Does your wife work? Yes. What does she earn? Um, well, this year she did close to a hundred, but this is a, a she, she's a school nurse and she got a lot of extra work because of COVID and they gave her extra I can money. I only imagine what about, it's been like being a student nurse the last couple of years. Goodness gracious. No, she'll do 80,000 in 2023 and probably from there on out. Okay, so I your best bet is you're going to have to figure this out near the end of the year, but I would do it just to where the, the tax brackets move from 12% to 22%. And that number is about, it's a taxable income of about 90000 That's after your uh, a standard deduction. So standard deduction is 27000 so it's really $117,000. I would keep my taxable income under one hundred and seventeen thousand. It, it so it's you're not going to be able to get the whole one hundred in there because your wife's on working. Your wife's work and how much income is actually derived and from that brokerage interest, account. Yeah, and the interest on the um, treasury bills. Yeah, in the brokerage account. But the, yeah, you most certainly should convert some of that over. Well, if, if she makes a hundred, and I make twenty five on the um, on the on the T bills and another. I don't know, eight or nine on the rental property. I mean, then now's, yeah. then now's not the time to do it. The, the, I'm assuming your wife's not going to work forever. Well, she's <laughs> eight years younger than me. So I understand, understand, but, but what you don't want to do is convert it a 22% tax rate. And when then let's assume that right, so let's, the Trump tax rates expire and the 12% bracket goes back to 15%. You're still, and the 22 goes back to 25 or whatever, what it was. You're, this, if you structure this right, you 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 will never be pulling the money out of your retirement account at the top bracket. So, if you convert too much this year, you'll be paying a twenty two percent federal rate on it. When even if the Trump tax rates expire in a couple of years, the rate would be fifteen percent. They so I wouldn't let the Trump tax um, expiration be the driver of this. Okay. That is just just flat out. What you want to be the driver is the step up in the marginal rates. Yes. That's what you want to be the driver in the decision, not whether you think the Trump tax is going to expire it's, or not. The, the way the federal government's tax rates work, it's it's this, just a massive cliff. I mean, from 12%, boom, the next dollar is taxed at 22%. So if essentially your first, actually the first 22,000 is taxed at 10%. And then it's, a big chunk of incomes taxed at 12%. Then it jumps to 22%. Not it, It's not gradual from 12 to 14 to 16 to 18. So, it's this massive cliff. So your average tax rate will be much lower, but your marginal tax rate is the amount of tax that you pay on the last dollar earned. And so the reason you shouldn't make a decision today is to see how much money your wife makes throughout the year and how much money you make at that brokerage account, and you should make the decision in December of 2023 on how much money you're going to convert from your IRA into a Roth IRA. That makes sense for the timing, but you want me to stay in the 22% tax bracket and try no, not to no, break that. No, 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 we want you to stay under the 22% tax bracket, the 12% tax bracket. 12%. 12%. Federal. I don't know what about Pennsylvania yeah, So, tax. So you want to stay in the 12% tax bracket. And I, quite frankly... Uh, I, I would consider taking Social Security. That's my second question. I would. 
what does your wife have saved in her 401k or IRA? What she has is um, nothing. She just started it. I persuaded her she should start one. It's a 403-something. 403B. Maybe. And it's a 403B Roth. Um, I would, I don't I know. would not, I would recommend deferring social security. Yeah. It's $1.2 million. Yeah. And, and, and to be completely transparent, particularly based on your investment strategy. You've got a lot, you've got a lot more risk in that, uh, investment strategy. Um, then to you, Pat's point, you had half at three miles an hour and a half at a hundred miles an hour, 85, whatever the number you threw. Up. 85. Okay. 85. Sometimes I just drive the speed limit. Well, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm new at this. Like I said, I retired. Now I'm planning. How long have you owned the Berkshire? Less than a year. Oh, you're kidding. You're, oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. Um, you, you, I assumed you'd. I assumed you owned it for thirty years. Yes. Yeah, I mean. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. You should. You should hire someone. Just flat out, you need to hire someone. Yeah. Even if you're just writing a check to do a financial plan yeah, and, and make an, it, investment, an, make, an investment allocation and 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 look at. We can model these portfolios and look at the the standard deviation, the risks in, involved here. I assumed you owned it forever. Yeah. Because that's where most people there. that own a lot that's of Berkshire correct. have owned it forever. Yes. Why am I? It's done so well for me. Why would I make? If a you bought now? it the last year, yes, your your portfolio. Uh, I know you didn't call to hear about your portfolio. You wanted to know, but but a, a good financial advisor will tell you in this December exactly how much to convert into a Roth that's IRA, right. and then do the analysis of when you should start Social but Security. But you won't know that answer until November December. You won't know that when you should probably start Social Security. And you can model a variety of different in uh, your portfolio. Scenarios. What if I take it now? What if I wait? What if you can you can model yeah, all those things? Yeah. If, if 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 let me ask you, if you came to my office and I said, "Here's a portfolio that I want you to build," and let's say it's 1990, and I build a portfolio, and in that portfolio, maybe year 2000, I'm thinking about General Electric stock. 2000 in the year 2000, and I said, "Here's the portfolio I want to build. I've got all these super super safe bonds." that are U.S. government-backed for half the portfolio, and the other half of the portfolio I'm going to put in General Electric, which is a multinational corporation in every industry you could possibly Jack imagine. Jack Welch has crushed it. And he's in health insurance. They're in aeronautics. They are in mortgages. They're in— They bring good things to life. They, they're in electronics. If I built that portfolio, you came into my office and I built a portfolio with one individual stock for half of your liquid net worth, would you would you hire me as an advisor? Probably not. You need to fire yourself. That's what you just did. <laughs> You're not qualified to make these decisions. Flat out. And look, by the way, I don't think I I don't think ninety five percent of Americans are qualified to make their financial decisions. Whatever the number, it's a it's most, a high number. The, the vast majority of people can benefit from a quality financial advisor. The problem the is, Scott, it, yeah, and, and the problem is, it's hard to determine what's quality and what's not quality. I understand that's, that. That's the problem in the industry. But you you need to go pay a fiduciary either on an ongoing basis 
or one time to do at a least financial a plan time. for you at a minimum. And it, at least build a well-diversified portfolio and then decide whether you want to pay them to monitor and manage that or, or you just want to stick with it. But the portfolio you have right now is so fraught with danger. It is, it, it, it is in fact, if there is a reason that you would have to return to the workplace, it's because of your portfolio. Flat out. So appreciate the call. I know that's which not- half is, uh, which, which half is more dangerous? The Berkshire. The Berkshire. Okay. The Berkshire, the, the treasuries are fine. You're not going to hurt yourself. You're not blowing yourself up with that. What's the, by the way, what's the return been the last 10 years of Berkshire versus the total market? You know? I don't know. Jim? I, I, I don't I know. I only know that he's outpaced the uh, S&P. For? I don't know for the last 10 years. For, since its inception. Yeah, but, since but, its inception. Yeah, but since I, its inception. You're much better off. Um, if, that, if that's the way you feel, you're much better off just owning the, the total market than you are that individual stock. Well, you know, I'm not educated like you guys. And like I said, I've only been in this for a couple of months. I've done a lot of reading and studying and online courses and stuff. But um, I was looking, the way that my mind worked, I was looking at Berkshire as an index in itself. That's what people... It's not. It's not, but that's how... And it's actively managed. And and that's that's why I use General Electric as an example back in the 2000s, because people thought it was so diversified. It's just like a mutual fund. Yeah. But, but better. Look at the return on this versus everything else. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you you do what you want. Yeah. Appreciate, appreciate the, the call. call. And I, I must say, it will be interesting to see what happens in the next 10 or 20 years. I mean, Charlie Munger's still around. He's 90, almost 100, I think, right? And he's still at it. So who knows? But um, uh, yeah, anyway, appreciate the call, Jim. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McClain. Uh, 833-99-WORTH is our contact number. Also, if, if you're a podcast listener and you think, I wouldn't mind having my question answered, you can send us a an email. Actually, you don't have to be a podcast listener. You can be a radio listener. But you can send us an email at questions at moneymatters.com. Just what your topic is. Now we're not we're not going to send you an e- a detailed email back answering your questions. The point is to, to schedule a time to have you come on the show here, and we'll have a dialogue or and talk. We'll try not to mock any decision you've made. <laughs> we're not going to. No. That was just the last. That was. A, I felt bad about that, but I. Fifty percent. There's a lot of worse portfolios you've seen, Pat. Oh, that's <laughs> so, that is true. That is and true. It, it did manage to accumulate the dollars, right? That is true. But but all of a sudden that that is a strategy. Um, just I'm just it scares me a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh let's go to Michigan. We're going to talk with Neil. Neil, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey, Scott. Pat, how are you guys doing? We're good. Good. What can we do for you? Well, I called into the show about three years ago to just get some general guidance uh, for retirement planning as I have a long, long horizon yet. I'm about 30 years away from retirement. And you um, called back. Wow. That's a good I, sign. I called back. <laughs> yep. Um, how how so, old are you then if you're 30 years away from retirement? Uh, I'm going to be 36 this year. Okay. Okay. Um. So during that conversation, uh, you guys were um, asking if uh, 
uh, I had a 401k uh, Roth option through my employer. Uh, and it kind of sounded like that's what you guys would have leaned towards if that was available, uh, which at the time it was not. But starting this year, they are offering that to employees. So I guess my question is, is that a uh, the route I should be going is as opposed to just the traditional 401k. Um, due to the fact that I do not remember the phone call from three <laughs> years ago, I'm going to ask probably the same questions again. So okay, okay. what is your income and what is the family's income? Uh, so my income was is right around 125000 and that would be the only income. Uh, my wife is a stay-at-home mom. And how many children do you have? Uh, two. How, how much do you save your in your four hundred one k? I I max it out every year. How much money do you have in there now? Uh, I have about four hundred and sixty thousand. Holy! Are you smokes. kidding me? You're thirty six years old. Uh, I, I started early. <laughs> You're an incredible saver. Uh, do you have money but, in IRAs outside of the four hundred one k? I actually do have a brokerage account that all equities and that's at about 40k uh, i would recommend the roth and here's why <laughs> I mean, as a general rule if if we believe that our tax rates in the future are going to be higher than today we don't want to take a tax deduction today if we can get the tax-free income tomorrow when the uh, income rates are going to be higher given your savings at your age your 401k balance, I mean, the the required minimum distributions alone would be massive. Yeah. So if we okay. just took and grew this thing at 8% and went out to age 75. You're, the way you're saving, you're going to be in the high, you're going to be in a very high tax rate in retirement. Okay. There's a good chance you're actually saving too much. Um, oh, which, really? Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah. we're not going to. We're not going to discourage that. You're you're built to save, right? Um, mm -hmm. You're a great saver. How old are your kids? Uh, one just turned one year old, and the other just turned three. And are you using a, a five twenty nine plan for either of the children? No, uh, so I started one for the three year old. Of course, you um, two or three years ago, I have yet to start one for the one year old. But he will. Yeah, you will. And I assume you have a big term life insurance policy on yourself. Uh, that is one thing I'm lacking, and I think you guys mentioned that last time. Okay. So. Well, I, I, that it's dirt cheap. That is your biggest you, gap. You don't have a, ma a major medical issue. That's your biggest gap. It's dirt cheap. Something happens to you today. Your you, your wife has no income, so she's stay home mom. Something happens to you today. There's no income in the house. That four hundred sixty thousand dollars will be gone in a number of years. Um, and the, the kids will be, and your wife will be relying on social security uh, benefits. Um, okay. You need to go buy. I'm glad you called back. Um, so you, you buy a, buy a million dollar. Just go and buy an inexpensive 10 year level term. Or 20 year level. Or 20 year level term. You got a one year old. Uh, buy a 20 year level term for $1.25 million. Easy. Easy. Okay. And then I would use the Roth. Okay. And then if I start contributing to the Roth 401k, so I actually, um, I think it was around the time I called, I started contributing 
uh, just to a Roth account. Um, so would I stop uh, contributing that as well then? Oh, uh, how much do you have in your Roth now? Uh, I, I, I've just been contributing the last three years, uh, max that out at 18. I think the value of it down with the markets around 15,000. I would can, if look, if you, if you find yourself with extra money to save, that's exactly where I would put it. Um, okay. I, I mean, I'd put that money into the 529s before I put it into He's got 40 Roth. grand in the brokerage account. What if you just move money from the brokerage account to the Roth IRA every year? But I, I could. I, I guess I have not uh, needed to do that. You can't okay. argue against that, can you? I cannot Pat's argue against looking, that. Pat, I could, uh, he's giving these he's looking at me. He's trying to think I've, of some no, way. I'm thinking, but I'm thinking to myself, but he's not doing that. He's yeah, not he's saving. Doing, he's saving. So I would save in the 529. And I agree with Scott. You should do both. You should save okay. to the 529 and convert from the uh, brokerage to the Roth IRA. Okay. And maybe modeling for yourself a financial plan so you have an idea of like how much do you really need to save? What's what's the mortgage balance on your house? Uh actually I own my home. I paid it off in twenty twenty. <laughs> Of course you said, did. I almost said, don't tell me your home is paid for. <laughs> of course you did. He's, th- he's 36 now, Scott. You got to get this stuff out of the way. So yeah, right. look, like, so spending money doesn't give it, that you don't get any juices from it, obviously, right? You don't, going out to nice dinner doesn't do it for you. Material stuff doesn't do it for you, obviously. Is your, is your wife the same way? Uh, yes, very frugal. Yeah. It's funny because I joke, like, those, there's the spenders in life. And if they marry a spender, they are in big trouble because they're going to always be in debt and they're going to not have a dime of retirement and they're going to, the lifestyle is going to dramatically change one day. And are then, you sure you don't want to be a marriage counselor? And then uh, if you get Neil and his wife, who neither one of you get any sort of satisfaction, then you, you'll get down, you're going to find yourself at retirement age with more money than you're going to know what to do with yeah and so here's scott the, the idea behind the the funding the 529 the mere fact that it can be converted converted to thirty five thousand to the kids roth ira yeah. now which yeah. is just yeah. by the way if you want to talk about like giving benefits to the rich just that was a perfect example perfect example yeah because who has money in 529 plans parents with grandparents with Typically, disposable ex- income, <laughs> excess <laughs> asset. So before you do it, you don't, you're not deciding on whether we're going to eat today or save yeah, for, ret- for college. But, but before, due to the fact that your house is paid off, Neil, a million dollars will suffice before you do anything, before you put any money, more money into the 529 plan. Before I don't you, even know if he needs a million dollars. He needs a million dollars. Here's why I think otherwise. His income's one hundred and twenty-five thousand. He's putting in how much? Are you putting into your four hundred one k each year? What's the max? Uh, I max it out, so twenty thousand or whatever right. the limit is every so year. So now we're down to one hundred and five thousand plus the money that's going into Social Security, plus the money that's going into brokerage account, plus the money that went down to pay down his mortgage. Okay. And Social Security. So what? What does he need? A half a million dollars. The difference in the cost between half a million and a million is negligible. So you get thank it. you. Yeah. That's why uh, you finished my argument for me. But I, I actually think his his life insurance need for a 36-year-old father with a stay-home wife of $125,000 income, is this, his need is le- less than any other 36-year-old father that I can think of. Yes. Even an unemployed 36-year-old father. Uh, like the royal family. 
What? Like uh, the kid that wrote the book Spare. <laughs> he what doesn't need it. Okay. <laughs> He's probably 36. He doesn't need life insurance. What's his name? Prince Charles. What is his Harry. name? Harry. Harry. What? Like I care. I just know that you're my not da- addicted to the Harry. Uh, my daughter and my wife talk about it sometimes. Really? I yeah, can't. I have zero interest. I wouldn't open the door if he was out there handing out dollar bills. Well, so you feel negative about him? I do have a feeling about him. I'm just trying to remember. <laughs> I'm trying to think whether anyway. I, hey, Neil, appreciate, appreciate get, the call. Get yourself a million dollars of term life insurance. Put the money in the 529. Convert money from the brokerage into a Roth. Continue saving. You're doing a great job. And then just real quick, uh, uh, back to that life insurance. I, I've heard you kind of talk about this um, on previous shows, but since my wife does not work, is it does it make sense to get a policy on for her as well the social social security benefits between if something happened uh, to her today heaven forbid Mm -hmm. um there would be she would you'd receive her social security benefits and 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 for the kids you'd be fine so you don't need one on your wife receive the kids but you you receive enough family benefits that would you don't need your wife doesn't need one just one on yourself okay i appreciate the call thank you guys all right neil yeah i can't believe we've talked about here (laughs) the whole megan that's her. That That's place her in Montecito. Yes. It's you don't know how rough it could be. Montecito. There's there's sometimes there's certain stories that in 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 modern life that you like, <laughs> like we are a strange species. Are we really talking about this? I just find the whole thing. But my daughter said that she was listening on the on tape or I don't know. She We're asked right. me if I was gonna read the book. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough of enough of those two. Uh, so we've got a special guest that's joining us in the studio, Mark Schoen. Hello, Mark. Hey, Scott. How are you? I'm um, we're great. And, and Mark is one of our partner advisors. And you you've been in financial services for how many years? Thirty three is the number. All right, thirty three. And we all started at the, the same company years ago. We did. Lincoln National Life Insurance Company. Yes. How long did you last there? Uh, I was there for two, two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> that was the move. Two and a half years. Yeah. We're, not, we're not saying anything disparaging about Lincoln National. They were good no. people. Company. Yeah. Yeah. Good absolutely. people. Just, it's a different model back different. Although that model still exists today, doesn't it? It's pretty similar. <laughs> it's pretty similar. Yeah. It was a commission based model yeah. and yeah. Uh, a life insurance centric. I lasted two years. I think I lasted two years. But a lot of good people there. Uh, yeah. Lots, lots of, really good, lots good of firms that we've integrated for yeah. people we've known for 30 Started years. It. Started, yeah. yeah, exactly right. And so you became part of Allworth. May of 21. May of 21. Yeah. And you had your own ad- and registered investment advisor from our own practice yeah. with some yeah. employees and whatnot. Yeah. So the first 16 years, I was on the investment side um, of the business. So money managers, that type of thing. And then I opened my own practice in 05, um, registered investment advisory firm the only business and then joined Allworth in May of 21. So I went up on two years. Time okay. flies. Yep. Well, we yeah. love having you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, your office is located in the San Francisco Bay Area, Walnut yep. Creek. Walnut Creek. Yeah. So, um, and as we said, we've known Mark for years and years and years and was glad to have him part of the team. And um, you speak in the microphone and um, this is probably old school to you since you're in a band. Yeah, but it's a little, a little bit uh, different. I'm hiding behind a drum set. So, <laughs> so yeah, it makes a difference. But yeah, I do, I do uh, sing when they let me. 
I can sing really low and I can sing really high. And where all the songs come in in the middle, that's where I lose it. I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. So you're a you're a drummer that sings. Correct. Is that that's a a rare? Yeah, it's uh, oh, Phil Collins. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. One guy. compared himself to Phil Collins. No, no, no. no I'm not comparing. And... I'm just saying a drummer that sings. <laughs> okay, it okay. happens. And what's the name David of your- David Grohl. Yeah. What's the name of your band? Uh, Stage Fright. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I know. I got it. Stage <laughs> Fright. <laughs> Stage Fright. Okay. There's a purpose for you joining us today. Yes. I so, um, Mark's in the Bay Area. A lot of tech companies have had some layoffs. Yeah. Um, Tell us about the situation you've you've encountered in the last month or two on a layoff. And yeah, what's what's going on there? Yeah, so it's pretty tech heavy and and the layoffs, right? I mean, even just even you know, it's happening every day in in tech land and some other places. I mean, you read this morning, FedEx laid off ten percent. Um, Tom Brady got laid off today. Did <laughs> 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 that, that too? Um, but there's a couple different components of of what happened. So I have people who are worried that they're going to get laid off because they see what's going on in their, in their um, businesses. Uh, so they get, they get worried and they're, and they're reaching out trying to figure out what are some things that they should do. And then there's folks that have, it's actually happened where they get um, uh, where they have been laid off. And then there's some decisions to be made there. And it's never a good time to be, I mean, unless somebody is about ready to retire. Right. With, and the, suddenly they get some severance. Like we'll pay you six months to leave, and they're right. like, "Great, I was going to leave next week anyway." Like, yeah. Are there big severance packages in happening in the tech world? They they get to, depends on level on where okay. you are. Um, so there's there's some of it, but uh, there's a little bit of kind of last in first out that you're seeing, and there's not a lot of big severance yeah, cause they packages no that are there. Yeah, so new people are the ones that are yeah are being asked to leave. Yeah, but what happens is usually when people like to reach out to their advisors if they have one. With all the good news, you know, how do I invest this bonus that I just received? <laughs> what, you know, it's a, a lot of good news. I mean, so the, the first kind of advice is if you're feeling anxiety about this or you think it's about to happen, reach out, contact your advisor. I mean, we're not just here for when times are all roses because um, there's some things well, you should do quite, in advance. Quite contrary. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, if you... It, it's yeah, life events are uh, where a good advisor becomes uh, involved. Yeah, it's there's external events, the markets. Yep. But the bigger things are the life events, right. the layoffs, right. the the deaths, disabilities, yeah. divorce. Yeah, all those other things that sometimes life throws away. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. And so, what are some what what are some people? What should people be thinking about right now? Then, if there's yeah, so so I think uh, if they're worried about being laid off. Uh, that's becoming top of mind. I mean, one of the things you want to do is, first of all, just take take inventory of your liquid assets. Where where are you? What does it look like? What's the runway that I have for cash? So cash, cash equivalents. Um, do I have do I have a line of credit that I can access if that's if that's necessary? And it's a lot easier to get a line of credit when you actually have a job. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's why you look at it. Now that you know, as far as what's most effective. That's become less effective because of what's happened with rates. I mean, it's pretty expensive money. It, it is. Used, it used to be pretty easy. You're like, that's a spot I can go for short term, but um, it's become it's become pretty expensive. But it's a time where rules of thumb are they come into focus, 
Right, so you always hear, how much should I have in in <laughs> yeah in liquid how assets? She's like, yeah. oh, three to six months. You know, and now it's like I think you should have four point two months <laughs> of, right. of liquid, and it depends on you know if if you have a, a spouse or a partner that has liquid savings. So it's just really time to fine tune what's the runway um, that that you have. The other thing that I think is uh, interesting, and this is. If you think you're going to be laid off and you've done things like FSA accounts, flexible spending accounts, you should start getting those things done. You have to use it because that actually is one asset that you lose if you, if you leave. Um, so how, how much, how much runway do you have on that? How much time? Well, if you get, if you have, you know, procedures and, and things that you've used, you can actually expense that up to 90 days after you leave, okay. but you have to have the things done in advance. Before your t- date of termination. Yeah. Yeah. That's I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't either. Yeah. That's well, why we have Mark on. No, yeah. no yeah. kidding. <laughs> Smart. Uh, but the other thing, even around, you know, healthcare, if you're deductibles, if you have things you should be doing, I mean, those are the kind of things you should knock out. Um, so if you've got an inkling that you might be that you're just like, we're going to get, Go get your done. annual <laughs> physical, so get, get your eyes done. Before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It'll and help then, with a new job interview as well. <laughs> so that, maybe, yeah. maybe unless you look too surprised. Yeah. Then, yeah. And the other thing is just around um, start to take inventory of your discretionary spending. Right. So you have the core things that you have to do, but really start to look at and say, and most people have how do a, I spend this? Most people and, don't really have a clue, right? That's right. Because they, they allocate whatever they're saving for retirement to the 401k. And if they're saving some money for the kids, they got to kind of auto deduct typically. And yeah. then they, most people spend kind of what comes through the checkbook. And, right. And, and their lifestyle adjusts to that. And so to we, your point, they don't know how much we actually spend then on going out to dinner. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, yeah, if you ask people to put together a budget of what they actually spend and then show them what their take-home paid, they're normally significantly different numbers. Right. Then do you look at uh, Roth deposits and consider that liquid cash? Yeah, so the, that can be, I, I think you have a, kind of an order of events. So it used to be cash and cash equivalents. That's pretty obvious. If you have a brokerage account, where you can go grab some things that don't uh, don't have large capital gains or things that were built for shorter term, that's a spot. It used to be line of credit. It's like I can just tap into that, and that's pretty good. You know, when it was at two percent, you're like, cool. You're now you're at six and a half. You're like, no, <laughs> that's you know, that's no longer a thing. So it's kind of just order of events. And will you margin a brokerage accounts at points in time if you think that 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 it's going to be short term? You could, you could. I mean, I. Towards last resort, okay. Because even those margin rates have gone quite yeah, a bit higher quite as high. well. Quite high. So they're you quite can high. negotiate them a little bit if you're with a firm that has scale, and you know you can kind of lean and on the people a, and, and negotiate. And you have enough money there. Yeah, yeah. Which means you have a longer runaway, yeah. and you don't <laughs> need to not do so it. So worried about it, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, these things tend, tend to solve themselves <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. And what about some planning opportunities people have, like? If they find themselves without a job for a period of time. Yeah. So the things kind of the lemonade out of lemons um, that, that you can have there is, is one of them. We just, we just touched on it. So you may have the ability to actually not just go get the contributions from Roth, but if your income is going to be down, it might give you some Roth conversion opportunities um, that you have in that year. So you've got to look at, you know, all the different components, but you may be able to cap your tax rate and do some Roth conversions. Um, which, which is one. And the other part is it may be an opportunity to take some gains up to a certain level at lower tax brackets than in your current position. So you might be at 23.8 Fed and, you know, in California, 10 California for, for capital, gains, for capital yeah. gains. And if your income 
drops and you you can cap that potentially that makes sense. a little a little bit lower that makes yeah sense. and essentially if you're married uh your first ninety thousand if your if your income is roughly ninety thousand dollars or less that capital gain amounts zero from ninety to five fifty it's fifteen percent five fifty yeah. and higher it's twenty and those numbers are roughly half if you are um, not yeah. quite half and, and so Mark you live in the San Francisco Bay Area yep. and most of your clients I presume are there yes so one of the highest cost of living places uh, in the United States yes do you find people will make just wholesale life changes um, and leave that area and and take a less paying job and a lower cost yeah you you've seen a lot of it but the other thing you've seen is, is people can work remote so they go up and buy places in tahoe and work remote and um so that that's been you've been able to move and kind of keep your keep your role um there's the, not a big migration to fresno i guess pat that's what you're yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it, in that tech role i mean it's been very very lucrative so there's not a lot of attention being paid to where it goes. I mean, you're not budgeting out how much you spend at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> but is, is, so is there starting to, is there starting to be some concern in the tech field that of yeah. your clients and your neighbors? I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's happening. It's, it's becoming more and more regular. Um, so it, it's, it's starting conversations on being a little bit more conservative and starting to look at some of the things that they just candidly haven't looked at. Uh, in a long in a long time, so it, there is a buzz uh, around that. Well, I look. I think um, it, it makes sense. For, any, anytime there's a potential change in one's life, it makes sense to check in with their financial advisor, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, that's what like what for. do a couple what ifs. Yeah. yeah. What if and, I? And especially if, if you're getting close to retirement age, if you thought you were going to retire in the next two or three years, you may decide that this is the time that you're going to actually retire. I think the, hard, the, more, the bigger challenge, Pat, if you are 57, you plan on working another six, seven years, and you're concerned about losing your job. It's difficult. It's, yeah. It's not always that easy to get the same kind of income level at that age. I think the other thing that happens is if you just, a lot of people extrapolate their current tech experience from here to eternity. So if you look at it, those plans always work. It's like they grant me... X amount of RSUs each year and I've got options and I've got that, yeah. you know, so just assume that that happens for the next 10 years and your financial plan works pretty well. And then all until of a sudden that until it doesn't, then that disappears. So a lot of that work is in advance on how much are you really going to factor in? Like, on, what is your real, what do you think your real, like the other stuff's been great, but we're glad it happened. Yes. And we don't want to count again, on it. Right? It may happen, but it might let's not. not count on it. Correct. Right? Correct. The, the, the other thing that, um, I, I found it surprising how quick I, I remember it was about a year ago having a conversation with somebody talking about the tech industry and I said when the next when the next tech recession happens I said whenever that is because it's no end in sight yeah. it's going to be the really painful in the state of California for the way the tax structure is mm -hmm. and here we are it's a pretty significant well, well just take a look at a lot of the revenue in California is from capital gains yeah how many people do you know well, first of all all of our clients that w booked losses last year yeah when's oh, the next yeah. time you're going to pay capital gains <laughs> if, if, if you had somebody that did their job. Yeah, yeah. If you had an advisor that actually worried about how the money right. would manage in a tax-efficient portfolio. And that takes away one of the things, you know, kind of the opportunities, like take gains. Well, you, won't, you don't want to just take gains if, if you have, a, you know, carry-forward losses forever. You don't want to just go burn through those. Um, so That's the kind of planning. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So the, that. But the other, the other one, actually, it, 
and I think this is the most difficult part is, let's say, you know, that day you get laid off and what's happening. Unfortunately, there are some, th- the clock is ticking on a few things that you have to be aware of, particularly around executive compensation. So you're not feeling too good about yourself. It's a tough day, but you have to make a decision on exercising those options. And if they're in the money or the arts within 30 days or they're gone. So if you have options that are in the money and you don't take that action, they go away. Companies are pretty good at letting you know that. Um, but it's a, uh, that's a real thing that you've got to do. And, and uh, uh, severances, if you're a longstanding employee, do they negotiate this? Can you negotiate severances? You help clients negotiate severances? Yeah, they get it. And you get them involved with, you know, employer and attorneys and that kind of thing. And, and they usually make some funds available to be able to exercise options. They have, they have funds to be able to do that. Um, but as you know, I, I, w- I would say what people are like, what, what is it? How does an option work? Is it somebody comes to you every day and says, do you want to buy Apple stock at, uh, you know, $300 today? And then you say yes or no. And then tomorrow they come and ask you the same thing. Well, after 30 days after you leave, they stop asking you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so That's no longer an option for you. That is, that is the no option has left the room. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got to look at health care and COBRA and, you know, so there's, there's some things. There's some yeah. things to do. Yeah. Hey, Mark, I appreciate you taking some time and coming and chatting with us. For Thanks bit. for taking care of uh, your clients. Yeah. We do yeah. appreciate it. And glad you're part of Allworth. I've, I've, I often say if we could just clone, have more Mark Jones like, join, you know, be part of the firm. And other advisors. We have a phenomenal group of advisors. Okay. Oh, a ton. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's yeah. a spectacular team, and yeah. I lean on I'm just saying that because Mark's here. I yeah, know. Yeah. I'm I'm Scott, nice. but, it, but sometimes our advisors listen to our show, and they're like, <laughs> okay. well, why, yeah. why are they treating Mark me? so special? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the list of advisors? <laughs> yeah, We're going to go through. Uh, Jim is doing a great job, and Keith, we love <laughs> we Keith. We have a special podcast. Kimberly's the best. Lauren, we love her. We have a special podcast just for the advisors. We recognize all released. It's only released internally. <laughs> Wait a second, you could, and if you listen closely, you can tell the names have been inserted. We're using Cap GT, whatever they Ca- uh, Yeah, Chat GPT. Chat GPT. Bale yes, yes. Yeah, it's a great advisor. <laughs> yeah, John Jones. <laughs> it's spectacular. Right. Hey, Mark. Though. So, you thanks. Guys. Hey, by the way, if you missed our in-person now to next complete financial planning workshops, uh, we've decided to hold some virtual events for you. So. Uh, on Tuesday, February 14th at noon Pacific, we'll have a that virtual event that deals with all these kind of questions that you may be considering when it comes to your own finances. Like, do you have the right kind of investment strategy to set up? Uh, do you have enough money saved for retirement? Uh, how to save some money on some taxes, uh, some Social Security tips, etc. So, again, Tuesday, February 14th at noon Pacific. Thursday, February 16th at noon Pacific. And Saturday, February 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific. So go to allworthfinancial.com. Yeah. And if you like the program, please give us a review on wherever you get your podcast. This has been Allworth Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence. 